The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, we get our motor running. We head out on the highway. We're looking for adventure and whatever comes our way. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me this week is Dean. Dean, how's it going? Hey, dude. Uh, it, 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 hey, hey, man. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, dude. It's going. It's going well. I'm a little. Uh, uh, I'm a little shocked here because you brought the guns out today, and uh, they're they're making me. Uh, they're intimidating me a bit. Yeah, I released the guns. Uh, I'm in my tank top. Um, it's actually so hot in the studio. I don't know if you just saw my microphone just started to fall down. It's, uh, it was, I thought it was actually melting there. I, I thought it started to melt. It was. I didn't touch it, and it just decided to just just start moving moving directions there. Uh, yes, it's probably one million degrees in studio right now. You can see that I can't get my microphone to stick. Yeah, you're having some serious <laughs> troubles there. We're gonna go with it though. We're just gonna go. We with have you adjusting to. your mic the whole time. <laughs> We're already recording. We can't go backwards. Uh, I may have to figure something out here though. This this just started happening as soon as we hit record. <laughs> it just slowly started to melt out of the picture the mic stand is just like no way dude i'm not doing this today it's too hot um we'll find we'll find a way here i'm gonna have to prop this up on something maybe i'll hold it oh the sweat is starting to roll into my eyes now yeah i can see that it's burning um yeah i might end up being in my underpants by the end of this <laughs> podcast just so you hey, know go for it's, it man it's that hot in here Go for it. I, I, I'm not in the studio today and I felt, uh, I felt bad that I was going to miss out on that type of, that type of heat. Um, so what I did is today, midday, I went and, uh, covered up all my vents of my, my AC vents in my studio. Um, so it, it is warm in here as well. And my beads of sweat are starting to go. I'm, I'm sure it's nothing like it is there. Um, but I wanted to get, I wanted to get a little sweaty for this one. Cause I feel like this is definitely a sweaty one. This is a sweaty podcast, I think. I appreciate that. That's uh, good looking out for your bro, you know, kind of yeah. feel a little bit what I'm feeling. Um, I've managed to I just fix the microphone. I think we're good now. It's, oh, well it's done. not uh, melting anymore. I am still melting, but it's not. But perfect, uh, perfect temperature in studio for this movie. Yeah. Like 100%. Um, wait, how are you doing? I think our, my, my how are you doing type thing got uh, our, our riff got interrupted by my my melting microphone. Uh, I also forgot to call you the co-host at the beginning, which you most definitely are. I don't want you to feel like on pins and needles this whole podcast, um, thinking I didn't call you co-host, so maybe you've lost that title. Right. I wasn't sure if I was just back to guest. I was going to thank you for having me on and say I love your podcast. but uh... <laughs> You should guest one time, actually. That'd be fun. I should, yeah. When we do something that I just like really, really love, I should be a guest next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you doing, though? How's it going? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm good. Uh, I got I got my walk in this time, so I feel great. Okay, so why was it a walk? I know I, I, I was texting with you before and you said you were on a walk. You normally go on a run. What, what's up? It's a thousand degrees outside. If I ran, I would die. Uh, so no, I on. decided that a walk, I decided a walk would be okay. The thing is, if I, when I run on a really, really hot day, I get a giant headache. And so I just wanted to avoid that for recording. So I just went on a nice long walk. Ah, you have to drink more water, Dean. I do know that, but it had hit like 
five o'clock and it that's like time to go out and do the walk or do the run and i hadn't had water all day yet so i knew that that was a huge mistake i needed to be drinking water all day if i wanted to go out there and run definitely definitely yeah that's a huge a huge mistake on your behalf yeah i actually cracked a beer before i drank any water which is a huge mistake right well i'm not going to call that a mistake but i'm just going to say when you want to run that's a mistake not drinking enough water throughout the day is a mistake if you happen to crack a beer before drinking any water you know, things happen. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, sometimes they just open. Yeah, sometimes they open themselves. <laughs> yeah. And after you open it, you got to drink it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not going to let a beer go to waste. It's a nice cold, icy no, beer. for sure. For sure. Oh, man. Ice and cold. Those are words that sound real nice right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, right in, you're right in the mood of the movie, though. I am. Yeah, I am. Beads of sweat off your face is just what I want to be seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And they're happening, I promise you. And um, I also ate a little bit of sand before. Uh, oh, before nice. Before we recorded, I put some sand in my mouth. Good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did that. So I'm all, I'm all set. <laughs> Dean, I am all set for Mad Max 1979. Yeah, man. Dude. Yes. Mad Max. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's great. I'm so happy we're doing it. I'm so happy we're doing it and that I got to watch it again, really, yeah. is what I'm happy about. Cool. Listen about Mad Max. It was released in 1979, like I just said. And it had a budget of about $350,000. And it grosses $100 million worldwide. That's a good one. What? That's a good, that's a good multiplier, Tim. Huh? How do you even do that? Dean, it set a record for the highest grossing film relative to budget. Wow. And that record stood for 20 years. Blair Witch, right? Yeah, you got it. Blair Witch. Yeah. yeah. Blair Witch actually comes in and crushes that number. Yeah. Has a, it's has, actually way, way less than that and grosses way, way more than that. No, it's about the same budget, but grosses um, 240 instead of okay. 100. It's the same budget. I thought it was under 100,000. Mm, that's not what I... I could, be, I could be wrong, though. I'm just saying that off the top of my head. That's not what I picked up, but... Yeah, okay. no, it was about... Uh, it was it was more than... Maybe that's what they like let, let you think it was, but it, it had a little bit of a budget behind it. Right, right, right. So, Dean... Yeah, Tim. I, th- I threw Mad Max out at you. I wanted to do Mad Max. I-, I love Mad Max. I'm a huge Mad Max fan. I have such wonderful memories of being a child and watching the Mad Max series. It would often come on on television on Saturday afternoon. Like television channels back in the day, they knew when to hit you. You know, oh, yeah. they would hit-, hit you with all the good stuff Saturday afternoon. You'd get yeah. all the fun stuff. These were often on. I would tune in. If I saw one, I would stick around and stay the course the whole time. So I have these like really awesome but fragmented memories. So when I when I uh, sat down to watch Mad Max, I was kind of curious as to which you know which of the memories uh, right, this yeah. was going to bring back. Dean, cool. guess what? I got was the best memories. I got about fifteen minutes in, and I realized. I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> yes, it was Road Warrior, wasn't it? I've I have seen Road Warrior, which is part two, probably yeah. twenty times. I've yeah, seen yeah, Beyond yeah. Thunderdome, probably the same amount. 
I have never seen this movie before. Wow. Wow. Tim, this is amazing because we are then, okay, this is great because we are now doing an episode where you have never seen it. This is the first time you've seen it. And this is the second time I've seen it. And the first time I saw it was like two months ago. Okay, well, there you go. So this is... this is <laughs> We are fresh. This is a fun one because normally we talk about stuff from our past that we love. This yeah. is something I made up in my mind that I loved, but I've never seen it before. And you, it's not has nothing to do with your past. It goes There's nothing, two months nothing back. Nothing to do with my past. I watched it like two months ago because uh, our friend Corey from Podcasting After Dark, uh, he loves this movie. So I was like, oh, you know, Corey loves it. It was on TV, you know, TV. They show us the great movies. Right. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll tune into that. I'll watch that. I watched it and I was like, you know, good movie. Um, it, it's fine. No, no big deal. And then when you sort of threw it out to do it on the podcast, I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it another watch and I'll, I'll watch it with, uh, you know, new eyes where I'm not trying to figure out this plot. I'm just kind of watching a movie and let the movie happen to me. And oh, Tim, I loved it. I freaking love this movie. Well, I, I loved it as well. Uh, you are 100% correct that Corey is a fan of this movie. I, I think he threw it out recently that this is in his top three. Okay, yeah. So that's a big deal. So Corey, this one's for you, buddy. Yeah, I, I think I uh, a week ago I checked the forecast and uh, the forecast was that it was going to be um, a million degrees today. So I was like, right. let's do Mad Max. That'll be perfect. Yeah. I can lose 10 pounds in the studio. Yeah, we can only do it if it hits a million. And it did. It did. So we're there. It did. Yeah. But that's not even including the humidity. Yeah, you know what? Like the delusional state that we're going to be put in from the heat is just lines up perfectly for this movie. Dude, it's so perfect. It's, it just it's rocks gonna, this movie. It's going to work so well. Yeah. Tim, I fucking loved this movie. Me like, too, man. I watched it the Me second too. time around, and I was like, this movie is so, so good. Oh, I can't wait to watch it the second time around, because I only watched yeah. it f- for the first time. But um, yeah, damn right, dude. Fucking great movie. Uh, directed by George Miller. Now, Mad Max 1979 would be his first feature-length debut as a director. Along with the Mad Max series, George has done a lot of work with movies that are nothing like Mad Max. Which <laughs> yeah, is really he's got a weird filmography. It's totally, really totally. He, and then the ending of it, it makes it even more strange. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It kind of comes full circle, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he wrote and produced the movie Babe, which was like the talking pig hit uh, that everybody yeah. loved. He wrote, produced, and directed Happy Feet, which won an Academy Award for, for Best Animated Feature. And in mm-hmm. total, Dean... George has had 23 Academy Award nominations and won eight of them. So he's 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 very decorated, a very decorated yeah, director. Yeah, totally. That'll do, pig. Uh, is that a reference to Babe? I never saw Babe. Yeah, it's from Babe. Okay, George also directed the movie, uh, I don't know if you know this, Dean, he directed Contact for one year before uh, both him and the studio agreed to part ways. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, we both love that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It'll be coming up uh, at some point on the podcast for sure. But yeah, he directed that for a year. Interesting. So th- would some of his footage be part of that movie then that we watched? I'd have to think so. I'd have I'd to think, think so. so. Yeah, that's a long time to work on a movie to not right. to have your footage all thrown away. Yeah, you don't throw away a year's worth of work. So cool. Wow, cool. Mm. Cinematography on this one is by David Egby. Now he's done some real cool stuff. He was second unit cinematographer on Predator. Oh, cool. He did uh, the movie Fortress, which I've probably mentioned before. It's uh, yep. a, a fave of mine. I've, like I've, a prison prison one, right? Yeah. Yeah. A prison yeah. one. Underground prison. Right. Uh, really, really cool. Now, I had I had stronger memories of it, but when I rewatched it 
yeah, for for me personally, it didn't quite hold up. I know other people who have rewatched it still think it's really solid. Okay. Um, definitely check it out if you haven't. Pitch Black, he did cinematography oh, yeah. and Riddick. We love it. Yeah, among a list of a bunch of others, but yeah. What was the last one you said? Riddick. Oh, he did Riddick as well. Yeah, okay, Riddick cool. As well. All right, Dean. It's nineteen seventy one. No, it's nineteen seventy nine. It's actually 2020. Oh, but I'm, I'm thrown off here. I thought it was 1979. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. It's a few years in the future. It must be 1984. Let me start right that now. again. I think I think I did that wrong. I think I did okay. that wrong. Dean, pretend it's 1971. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. That's easier. Okay. George Miller is in his final year of medical school. Right. right? This guy was like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he attends a film workshop where he meets another student named Byron Kennedy. Cool. Now, they become friends and start making short and experimental films together. It's very cool. Very cool story. They make a 20-minute short uh, called Violence in the Cinema, Part 1. And they make it as a comedy. But it actually goes on to win Australian Film Awards in the documentary film category. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, because I guess people thought it was so accurate to uh, oh. the, the, the depiction of comedy in, or sorry, in uh, violence in film that they, they called it a documentary. Yeah, really interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they later, the two of them, they later go on to start their own production company, Kennedy Miller Productions, which is the, the company that was, uh, that produced uh, this movie. Right. Yeah. In 1975, George co-writes the script for Mad Max with his friend James McCausland. And McCausland at the time was a journalist who had zero experience writing scripts. Perfect. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've talked we've talked before, Dean, about um, script writing and like how fast right. uh, uh, how fast a well-written script um, could possibly come out and. Yeah. Uh, what do you, you you've uh, I've been kind of teaching you on the on the speeds of scripts. So let me know what like a generally what like um a a decent time to produce a script would be. Um. Okay. So our talking back world record for fastest script is three days. That's right. Um. And another script that was a lot um a lot longer than that, but still considered short was was it two months. I think it was. Are you referring was, to Predator? Yeah, Predator. Yeah. Was that two? two months? Was it Predator? It was two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Okay. Okay. So then I'm gonna say like uh, script uh, is written in. I'm gonna go with three months. I think that's a pretty solid guess. I think if you can do a movie script in three months, that's kind of like that's pretty good. I would I would say. Yeah. Uh, it takes this dude one year to write this oh script. Okay. Yeah, and he was paid thirty five hundred dollars. Okay. Wow. That's not a good yearly wage, Tim. I mean, it's 1970. What'd you say? 74? So 75. Uh, so 75. I, I know um, a, a rule of thumb for the 70s, and uh, I don't want to get into why I know this, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask. I, I can tell you if you want to, but um, ca- a cash conversion from the 70s, you basically yeah. add a zero to the end of the number and then divide by two. Oh, and that's okay. a pretty close number to what that would be nowadays. So he got okay, paid. So that's still bad. It's still bad, but it's better than 3500 it, it is. Yes, it is. Now, McCausland, in his writing, he drew heavily from his observations of the 1973 oil crisis 
and its effects on Australians. Oh, okay. Okay, now this movie was shot in Australia, so that's why the Australians are involved. Yeah. Now, McCausland said, as a quote, George and I wrote the script based on the thesis that people would do almost anything to keep vehicles moving and the assumption that nations would not consider the huge cost of providing infrastructure for alternative energy until it was too late. Okay, I don't, Tim, I don't see a lot of that in the movie. Um, well, I mean, I, like, I, just I think don't that's see a lot of that theme being like shown to us, really. I think that's the theme that happens before the movie. I think that's the theme that gets okay. that gets us to the movie. Right. Right. So all these things have. Yeah, I think these things have failed. They've failed to provide an alternate source of energy um, and it's too late. Right. So all that's left is oil. Right. right? So we're and in the, the we're in the wasteland and all we do is drive cars. Right. And and the yeah. battle is for oil. Like it's the most right. precious commodity, right? Right. I just I I don't feel like I felt that battle. No. You know? No, that no definitely not. No. Yeah. But um I think yeah, like I like I said, I think they I think that was their um, supporting information going in, and they wanted to kind of write this story with that in mind as a preface. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it's like saying um, um, you have a space movie with a crashed spaceship where you start off and the, the spaceship has crashed on another planet, right? The right. background to right. that movie is is the reason why that spaceship crashed. Maybe there was faulty engineering or something like that. But uh, they don't really get into that. They just crash on a planet and then you kind of go from there, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Although that that just brings up something. If this movie took place on a different planet, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I definitely uh, came up with the opinion in this movie that this felt like another world. Like, definitely. it's definitely yeah. Earth. You can tell it's definitely Earth, but it felt like another world. Yeah, which is something I love about it. Well, definitely. It just adds to the, yeah. the atmosphere. So, Now, George Miller initially wanted uh, to tie a big-name American actor to this movie just to get like more uh, exposure, right. know, get more like um, U.S. exposure and worldwide exposure. But with the budget they had, it was going to cri- yeah. cripple the budget. So he basically was like, well, we can't really do that. So, well, especially when they want to make such a, such a wild action film. You need budget for like wrecking stuff. Oh, definitely. So yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't have you don't have enough money to pay like a big actor for it. No, no, absolutely not. So Miller puts out a call to the recent graduates of Australia's best performing arts school. And he said he was specifically looking for spunky young guys. OK, Dean, you could have played this role. That could have been you. Oh, man, I could have. You could have played spunky t- young guy. I wasn't coming out of the Australian film school, but I could have played spunky young guy. Yeah. Too bad, eh? Yeah, too bad it wasn't around in 1979. Yeah, that's right. Well, oh well. Uh, Dean, this is where they found Mel Gibson, though. Yeah. And they gave him the role of Max Rokotansky. And guess what he gets paid? Oh, I, I don't ha- really have a guess for this. Let's go with um, uh, $5,000. $10,000. Okay, okay. Let's add a zero to that and divide by two. So he makes fifty grand back in 79. Okay. That's not bad for coming out of that's film school. Yeah, you kind of got to be happy happy with it. Well, not film school, but like acting school. Yeah, sign That's me up. That's a great first gig, I'd say. Yeah, I, yeah, it's great. Dean, most of the biker gang extras were played by, well, biker gang members. 
Perfect. <laughs> Perfect, Tim. That's amazing. Like, who better to play them? <laughs> of course. I mean, they, you need people who know how to ride bikes and who look good riding bikes. Perfect. And who, here, here's the more important thing. People who own bikes so you don't have to buy bikes. Excellent point. Excellent point. Dean, they, they rode their own motorcycles in the movie. Yes, yes. Perfect. And with no room in the budget to fly them to set, most of them were actually required to drive eight hours to get to the set. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bikers love to do that. Oh, bikers yeah, that's love like, driving for that's eight just hours. just another day for them, right? I hope the guy that just made animal sounds wasn't an actor. I hope he was just part of a biker gang. Yeah, I, don't, I think he I'm was an sure actor. I'm sure that guy was know. an actor. But I if that was a wish, real human I being. I hope he was a biker gang. Oh, man. That guy, that guy couldn't be real. <laughs> that guy's the best. Uh, Johnny the Boy you're talking about. No, not Johnny oh, the not Boy. not Johnny the Boy? No, the guy that's like likes to climb up high and just oh, meow with people. Oh yeah, okay. He might have been one of the biker gang members. <laughs> yeah, he, totally. He was an extra, I think. <laughs> Dean, filming takes about twelve weeks, and during that time, the crew would regularly close roads without permits. Amazing. And they'd have to avoid using walkie-talkies so the police couldn't pick up their signal. Oh, that's so great! Isn't that awesome? It was like yes. it's like guerrilla filmmaking at its best. Oh, totally. Tim, I will say just right right before you keep going that uh, I rented this movie from a uh, video rental store that we still have nearby. And I realized it was a special edition. And it's one of those classic DVDs that you flip over to the other side to watch like the The bonus feature. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, I went to like the special features on the other side and there was a documentary that like was a little half an hour thing wasn't too long but about some of their filming uh, some of the things they had to do with filming like the cinematographer was on there talking. Um, So there's some things I've learned on that that are just so amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so I'll I'll, I'll bring them up when they come along. Yeah, sure, sure. I love that you live 15 years ago and can still rent videos. (laughs) I know it's in your amazing, town. It's amazing. It's great. it's great. I can still rent videos. It's fantastic. And I was shocked that they had Mad Max. Oh, dude, they're gonna if if it's a video store, they have Mad Max for sure. Don't don't kid yourself. I just I feel like I, I they wouldn't have been around in 1979. I guess the American release was much later though. Uh, no, it's just one year later. Oh, really? Okay. So, Dean, post production on the movie, uh, it had to be done at one of their friends' apartments, and they actually used a homemade editing machine to get it all done. Perfect. I love it. They really were just like squeezing everything out of this budget. Yeah, I love it. I love that, Tim. I I heard that they uh, when they had um, certain types of vehicle extras, like when they had like a tow truck in its in the scene, they just found a tow truck driver, bought him a case of beer. And asked him just to tow somebody away in the scene and filmed that. Amazing. Yeah. So like a lot of a lot of people on this movie were paid in cases of beer. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you and me, we would do anything for a case of beer. We would definitely drive a tow truck for a case of beer. For sure. I'd buy a tow truck and drive it on on that movie for a case of beer. Hmm. That seems like a misstep. Yeah. I mean... In, in hindsight, it would be great because my tow truck company would be in what, a great movie, but... Yeah. And that, and I wouldn't have known that. In that situation, I might just buy a case of beer. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. that Save You know what? Money. That's smarter. Yeah, that's smarter, Tim. That's why you're the older brother and I'm the younger one. You <laughs> make the good choices. <laughs> I'm more learned, right? Yeah, I buy tow trucks so I can get a case of beer. That's right. I, I have to teach you the life lesson. I was like, hey, no, yeah. hey, instead of paying $10,000 for this tow truck, you could buy $10,000 worth of beer if you're just getting the right. tow truck to get beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 
Let's get serious here, though, Dean. Okay, I've been serious the entire time. Oh, okay. I haven't. I've been goofing around. Okay. But this movie this movie is very serious. It's a very serious and straightforward movie, which I love. Now, where I find The Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome had kind of much more of like the PG, campy, uh, fun style to it, which which is what I loved about those when I was growing up. This right. one is definitely like 100% raw. And yeah. it really reminded me of kind of what went on with uh, Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. Totally, uh, yeah. Like the, the, the transition that happened after the, the first to the second. So, Yeah, very, very good point there. One word that they brought up a couple times on the documentary that I was watching was primal. And I really like that word for this, this movie. It's like it, good it's word. very primal. Yeah, it is. That is. So we start the movie off, Dean, and the movie is set, they say, a few years from now. So from now, like from 2020? Yes, they say a few years from I mean, now. So it, it could be could be a few years from now, Tim. It's either a few years from now, like in like 2023, or they meant it was a few years from when it came out. Yeah. So make it put it place at like 82 or 83 or something. I don't know. Who knows? Or or they're just really smart and they're like, let's make this movie timeless and just write a few years from now instead of 1989 or 1984. That's really the best way to make your movie stay futuristic. Like all these movies, they're like, uh, you know, they came out in like the 80s and they're like, in 1997, this is what it's going to be like, or 2015 or 2050. But if you just always say a few years from now, yeah, yeah, your movie's a, a, a timeless future movie. For sure. And Tim, if you're ever fucking watching a movie, then your future probably isn't that. So you can just say a few years from now and it'll always be like, oh yeah, that could be a few years from now. You're never going to be in a situation worse than you're in the movie and be watching this movie. Yeah, because it's always going to be, be like, that can't be a few years from now. That's better than what we are right now. You'll never be in that situation. It's always, it's always, if you have, if you're sitting down watching a movie, this wasteland is always going to be, oh yeah, that is, a, that could be a few years from now. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's coming. That wasteland's coming at some point. Yeah. A few years from now. I just, I just watched it, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Dean, there's a cop spying on some people having the sex. Of course he is. I, that's Why a wouldn't great he way to start a movie off. Just I know. boom, right out of the gate. A couple couple naked people running around. couple naked people and a cop yeah. just watching them. No, but here, here's what I thought was really interesting about it that I didn't pick up the first time, picked up the second time. A cop watching it through the scope of a gun. Yes. So he's aiming a gun at them. Yes. Instead of just like peeping on them with binoculars, which would have just been, you know, it's it's a little more innocent. Like he's aiming a gun at them and just, he's really just watching. Yeah. But he's using a weapon to do it. And I thought that was really like, it just gave me a really uneasy feeling. Mm. That's fine. I mean, I think people often <laughs> use their scope to look at stuff. No, 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 but he, like, his gun was on safety. He's pointing a gun at them, though. It's on safety, Dean. Oh, I like, I know he's never shooting them. I just feel like it's weird. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't see a single set of binoculars in that movie, which leads me to believe those don't exist okay. anymore. So, That's this is all the only thing you could do. That's a good point. It's, it's probably hard right now to find a pair of binoculars. So, a few years from now, I bet you they're gone. Yeah. So, Dean, he's spying on the people. And he hears a report that there's a cop killer on the loose, a terminal psychotic. Mm. And a couple of police cruisers are on the bad guy's tail, but they can't really catch him. So right out of the gate here, Dean, we get this really sweet police chase. Yeah. Uh, we get to, we get to see, uh, first of all, which I love is a lack of special effects. We, we get this yeah. traditional like cars 
smashing into cars, uh, cars going 100 miles an hour, just really, really awesome raw footage of, of like racing and chasing. And I love it, Dean. I love it. You don't get it, it all that great. often anymore. It does look great. It looks great. And it's this like, it's this pavement shot that's going yeah. on. You know, you it's feel at, so close ground and so level. low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like when, when I'm driving in a car, I actually feel like I'm going slower and I feel safer when I'm driving in something that's higher up. Yeah. It's the lower you get and the smaller cars you're in when you really feel like things are speeding up and they're faster. I loved that camera low down to the ground. It felt like everything was going so fast. Oh, totally. Um, have you ever been in a car and you had to throw up? Have ever been in a car and I had, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. You just open the door and you look at the ground. It's moving so fast that the vomit just comes out all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because you can't even focus on it. It's going so fast and then just totally, like. Totally, yeah. Ah. The, <laughs> it just happens, man. You just, just let it flies happen. At your banana milkshake and McNuggets just fly out and they're gone. And you're like, oh. <laughs> well, that's Tim. That's your problem. Why did you get the banana milkshake with the McNuggets? You can't go banana and McNuggets. Is that not the right choice to make? No, you got to go chocolate and McNuggets. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I don't even know how to order it. Banana milkshake. The drive through is a pressure cooker, you know? I know. Your car's up that behind you. You don't know what to do. You're like, you know what you want, but then you end up ordering yeah. the banana. <laughs> you come up with a banana milkshake and McNuggets. What you wanted was a Big Mac and a, a shamrock shake. I I just wanted McNuggets and dip. That's all. <laughs> Which like, I, got dip, I got it. I got it. Do you want your like a banana milkshake? It was a weird kind of dip that I got. <laughs> uh, Dean, the cops, um, their cars, they've got MFP on it, which uh, yeah. stands for Main Police Force, which is really I love it. Awesome, really straightforward, but just really cool, and uh, really awesome paint job. Right. You've got uh, yellow, yeah. red and blue, basically, which yeah. are kind of traditional Australian colors. So that makes sense. On the back of the cruiser, they've got the like a big description of what this car is doing or what his job is, which is really neat. So we start off by seeing um, pursuit on a bunch of the oh, cars. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. their job is to pursue. Totally. But when we finally get to Max, which they've been hinting at here, we've gotten a couple like quick flashes of his character but we don't get to see his face or anything when we get to him his car says interceptor on the back amazing so he's like this is guy this is your like this is your uh your power dude he's the power player right he's like the the big guns when you when you need pursuit will probably 99 percent of the time work but when you've got that one percent problem you bring in the interceptor totally man and there's like that's it's such an amazing setup because the guy in pursuit, you know, he like kind of, I don't know, he's fine, but you know, he's kind of goofy and you're like, I don't know if this guy can get the job done. I don't know if I trust this guy to get the job done. But as that stuff's happening, you keep cutting to this character that you haven't really seen. They're not really showing him. They're showing him like put on gloves, like a badass. They're showing him like put on sunglasses They're showing him put on his jacket. And it's like this great slow build of your hero without showing him. And then we get that cool shot of the back and he's something dip- different, you know, he's something different than the cars we've seen. Oh, so this is the guy already without anything. We've just been shown visual things about him. We already know he's the best. He's the guy. He's the guy we want out there. And he's the guy that the Knight Rider doesn't want out there. Yeah, it's excellent storytelling. Just it's um, they do a great job of just getting things across very simplistically um, not trying to force it down your throat, just being like, yeah. here's a simple explanation of what's going on. Easier for you to pick up. Like they're just dropping these little breadcrumbs and it's it's very easy to follow. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. 
I like it a lot. I like the Knight Rider a lot too. Well, the Knight Rider is just crazy. Yeah, he's the bad. He's, he's the, the bad guy they're chasing. He's he's yeah. just he's out of it. He's cranked out and crazy and out of it. And yeah, he's uh, he's a great villain to start off with. Um, this is so crazy for seventy nine. Like this type of intro, yeah, just with this crazy character and these these wild car chases and crashes and um it's really neat i'm 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 down like again i'm saying this was the first time i saw it dude i'm so in at this point like i'm just all the way through this movie i'm just in i love it oh totally yeah i'm I'm definitely in and like the speed and the crashes right away it's just like showing you right away like george miller's just like this is what i can do like stick around for the rest of the movie and you'll see some more but like here you go it's out on the table here I have a low budget and I can crash cars and it'll look awesome. Yeah. So Max finally drives out on the road and uh, he's kind of ahead of the crackheads. He's waiting for them and he looks so cool, calm, just so cool. badass. And the the Knight Riders coming towards them. They have a quick game of chicken and then uh, the guy bails Max. They kind of both bail on the game, but... Uh, Max is he spins around he's hot on their ass and the crackhead starts crying like yeah. he must know who Max is already and know that like the the gig's up and he's got no shot here yeah. so I, I thought that was very very cool and the bad guy comes up over this hill uh, as Max is chasing him smashes into this semi wreck that he couldn't see because he's kind of coming up and then down over a hill and he just smashes into the semi and explodes in a blaze of glory. Yeah, I love this. And I think you're right. I think he knows who Max is and that's why he kind of flips out. But also like Max is willing to go as fast as he is where those other cars were never catching up to him. He was kind of outrunning them all. Like they, he smashed them, but he was also going faster. And Max not only didn't back down in the game of chicken, but he's also catching up to him. Yeah. And so I, think he, I think he realized at that point that I think I, I think you're right. I think he knows who Max is, but also Max gaining on him. He's like, it's over. Like but, he, it, sure, it, I'm, I'm, my gig is up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, so um, maybe Max's car is faster than the other guys. Maybe yeah. Max is um, a better driver. Maybe he's just a little uh, edgier. Uh, but yeah, that's a good point. Whatever the reason is, he was the first car to like rear end uh, the Knight Rider's yeah. car and like give him yes, some exactly. Bumps. So yeah. I think Knight yeah. Rider re- realized like, okay, well this guy can like. He, he he's probably got the upper hand so yeah is this the part where the flames come out of the back of the night rider's car and it just goes like wild is that that part oh i don't remember that part okay i think i think this is this part when it's gonna like when it does that crash and it has like this um it has this flames that fly out of the back and like those were like a real like uh i can't remember what they called it some sort of like um jet propulsion thing that they Mm. stuck on the back of the car and they just have like one try to see what it will do and they like hit it and the car's going like 140 160 kilometers an hour and it missed the first target and just kind of started to wipe out and they thought that they missed it they thought they messed it up and then when they looked at like the footage of it just kind of like bouncing and flying through the air they're like oh that's brilliant and we can never replicate that like that's Mm. amazing i I do remember that uh the scene where the car was bouncing i was like holy shit that car's going so fast that it turned a bit sideways and wasn't like sliding anymore it was actually bouncing it was going so fast. it was just bouncing and like in the air yeah there was so much like gap between it yeah it was it was amazing it looks so good neat yeah that's cool so now we get a couple scenes at Max's house uh, with his wife, Jesse, and their young kid. 
And holy shit, dude, Mel, Mel Gibson looks so young here. It's crazy. He is. I think he's early 20s here. Like he looks he's a baby so face. young. Yeah. How, how about the first cut in on him and the family with the uh, nice, sexy sax music playing? Well, it's great. And, th- and then a nice pan over to his wife is actually playing it. <laughs> That was amazing. It's incredible. It's great. I know. I love it. I loved it. I love it. But it's already like, you know, you just come in on him and the sax music's playing and it's really nice. And then you pan over and she's playing it. Like, it's just a shock. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I, I love it. I love what this whole scene is about. And they drop multiple scenes like this in the movie, which are extremely important. And yeah, they're, they're um, Obviously not doing it quite as subtly as uh, movies do nowadays, um, but, yeah. but movies were different back then and they, they just kind of, you know, did things a little bit differently. But I love, you know, the reason we're back here and it's, it's that we get to see that uh, Max has a family, right? Like he's got For a sure, he's yeah. got a wife, he, he's got a kid. His job is his job, right? Even though we've seen him be extremely reckless up until this point, he has a reason not to be reckless, yeah. Right. And uh, and he 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 loves them. He he loves his home. He he loves his family. So I really like the going right there after this this intro. Uh, totally. This is like the first scene after the intro, and I I love that we get there and get to see this. Yeah, and I I feel like it's going to be really important in the movie, and I think this movie hits those moments really well, where I do feel what I need to feel at the end, where like there's certain action movies that try to force this types of relationship they try to just get to it get it done and get back to the action and i think it doesn't work whereas the scenes with him and his family really work for me here in this movie yeah because it's not rushed like you mentioned it's not rushed they they put a lot of time and effort in this movie into those scenes uh and uh it works and i love watching them it's it's really great especially in like i think it's a really kind of uh, I want to say like a, I want to call it maybe eerie or I don't think creepy is the right word, but it's definitely a very like eer- yeah. eerie and weird movie. And oh, totally. um, this is this is like the this is your your uh, your home base, like knowing yeah. that this guy has a family. Uh, this is what's normal in this world is that he does have a family. And that's what um, like you and I as viewers who have families can kind of latch on to kind of make us feel uh, associated with him like we're uh, we're yeah. similar so i love how much that they actually still throw in about his family even though that everything outside of the house and his the his family world is so bizarre and, and crazy and different yeah i think once once he like hits that pavement things are wild and things are like out of control and like you said when you go back home like that's where you can slow things down and slow the movie down and i think it is miller just also being confident in himself that when we hit that pavement those action scenes are going to be so fucking good that everyone's going to love them so when we're out of that pavement when we're in the home we can slow it down we can take our time because everyone knows once we hit that pavement again we're coming we're coming with the action well they spent a year on the script so clearly like they were yeah. working things out. There, there's nothing in this movie that doesn't belong when you spend a year writing the script, right? Like everything is there for a reason. And when you can yeah. refine a script that much, you know the movie's going to be so damn tight and it's just going to work. So yeah, there are uh, some there are some wild things in this movie that I like completely like quick quick things that happen that are just bonkers that yeah. I I kind of love and they don't explain at all. That's and that's totally fine. I appreciate that about movies when they don't for sure don't explain stuff. So Dean, it's 
Dean, it sounds like Max wants to quit his job on the road. Yeah, yeah. But his supervisor tricks him into staying by showing him a new badass police cruiser. Right, uh, yeah. And it, it definitely works. Like, this car really gets Max's attention, and he just loves the engine, which is, like, sticking out the hood. It's really, really cool. His superior tells Max that the guy who uh, had just got killed, that bad guy, was named the Knight Rider. And the Knight Rider has some friends who are now out to get Max. Max says to just add them to the list. Right. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Great line. Doesn't care at all. He's just like, whatever. Totally. Add them on. He's like, I've heard that one before. Yeah. Like just, yeah, add them to the list of people coming after me. It's great, great cockiness. Yeah. Um. There, there were kind of two bonkers things that I just wanted to point out in between the home and this scene. And one of them is when he's talking to his wife, when Max is talking to his wife about kind of wanting to, I guess, wanting to quit, maybe. I guess that's what he's talking to her about, right? Like when, when he's when he's at the home, he's kind of telling her that maybe, um, you know, maybe the road is too wild and maybe he should spend more time at home. In that time when he's talking to her, they cut to his kid on the floor and his kid is holding a gun. And then they cut back. It's like one second. One second of the film, the kid is never holding a gun again. And like, they don't mention it at all. Mm. One of the first bonkers things. Second thing, after, I don't know who's talking to his uh, his captain about whether he's going to stay or not. But that guy who's talking to him, um, like just wants to make sure that Max isn't going to quit and that Max is going to stay on the job. After they have a little discussion, he puts on a fencing mask and walks out. Mm. he probably had and fencing that, practice maybe he had fencing practice but two things where i'm just like this world is not what i understand you know like fencing mask and he just walks out like okay like maybe it's dangerous maybe it's a dangerous neighborhood maybe he needs to wear that because he can't afford a helmet for his bike i don't know mm-hmm. um anyway sorry to derail us you're you're derailing us hard hard hardcore here but Dean. tim a baby holding a gun and a guy putting a fencing mask on we can't just let that slide i didn't notice the baby with the gun the fencing mask that seems normal like i, I think like <laughs> i feel like this it was like a behind the scenes thing here where the supervisor had been given orders by his supervisor um as to how to try to keep max on the force and i think this guy probably whatever may have interrupted like a fencing class or something like that he was doing something at his house um you know just to he had been interrupted he was clearly interrupted at something and just went back to it but the baby with the gun dean i'll give you that one okay thank you tim for giving me that one (laughs) now dean may i get back to the story please yeah i'll never interrupt you again continue (laughs) those uh those bad guys who were kind of possibly coming from max they have now rolled into town mm. all probably 20 at least 20 of them there's a lot of them shit yeah. that's that's not good it's not good if they're all coming for max uh, that's not good that's a lot and it, it does turn out that they do indeed want to find the agent who killed their friend now these guys are a real special bunch of characters hey yes their leader toe cutter he seems uh, exceptionally disconnected from the, the light side of the force. <laughs> <laughs> he is exceptionally disconnected from it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but, Tim, this Toe Cutter fucking rocks. Man. I, I love, love this guy. Toe Cutter. Oh, this guy is so good in this movie. He is so good. And I love that his name is Toe Cutter. And oh, that's... yeah. You know there's some past there. you got to earn that name. Exactly. But they don't. they have no reason to show us how he earned nope. it. And he does nothing with toes in this whole movie. 
But no, you, he's no. not like wearing a necklace of toes or anything. Nothing. He's just he's toe cutter and that's it. Exactly. I love it. Um, this guy is so great. This guy's like what 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 he's doing with his like dramatic classical acting is just so out of place in the movie that it works so well for his wild character. 100%. Yeah. He's he's so good. I love him. He's uh he's very captivating. You just like yeah. I can't take my eyes off him when he's doing totally. stuff. Like whatever he wants to say or whatever he's he's often like playing with his hair and like fixing his hair. Uh yeah. it's really weird and I love it. Yeah, he does a lot of weird physical things, and I just can't wait for him to be back on screen. And I, I actually haven't seen Road Warrior or Thunderdome, and I can't imagine a villain better than him uh, in these movies. Like this, guy, he's got to be the top yeah, mark. I, like I, I don't know, think there is. I know he comes back um, as a Morton Joe in in Fury Road, mm. um, but I can't imagine anybody else better than him in the like him as a villain in this universe uh, it's it's perfect he's perfect 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 so dean the motorcycle gang start to do what they do best and they start to terrorize innocent people now max gets a call about the disturbance and him and his partner jimmy the goose are on their way to check it out yeah they get to the scene dean and it's a it's a real fucking mess man it's like yeah. these guys did some pretty sadistic shit um but uh, one of the cranked out bad guys is still there. Yeah, weird. And he's wailing about the Knight Rider. Like, he's clearly got something wrong when he's, he's, he's screaming the Knight Rider's name. Now, the shot right after this, Dean, I love it. One of my favorites in the movie. It's all the, uh, the bikers driving down the highway, passing the camera. So, like, mm. you probably have a camera on a car driving and the motorcycles one by one all in a row are just flying past the camera until we get to uh, a truck and toe cutter is sitting in the back it's really really nice i really really appreciated that shot yeah toe cutter in his truck pulls over because one of the bikers has a message for him and he says johnny the boy has done it again oh johnny the boy yeah so johnny the boy would be the bad guy who is back at that wreckage yeah. Uh, or with that crime scene wailing about Knight Rider. And Toe Cutter tells uh, the guy, uh, his name is Bubba, tells Bubba to go back and get him. And uh, Bubba's like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saving this guy again. So it sounds like this might be like a reoccurring theme, this Johnny the boy getting into trouble yeah. and getting caught. And he's like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. Uh, Toe Cutter, though, basically tells him like... Uh, uh, just fucking do it, man. <laughs> you better yeah. just fucking do it. You want to keep your toes? You better fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I am toe cutter. Yeah. And I'm saying, get it done. That's right. So he does. He does. He must have a soft spot for Johnny the boy. Yes. Well, he, he definitely does. Um, yeah. They, they definitely have something going on in the, in this movie together. Uh, maybe like a younger brother vibe or like he, uh, toe cutter feels like he needs to look out for him for some reason or uh, yeah. something like that. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where there's like just no reason for it, but he like because he because Johnny the boy keeps messing up, so it's got to be like something like that, something like family vibe. It's just more of the information we don't actually need, yeah. Because no, what we course. all we need to know is what's currently happening, and that's that toe cutter finds Johnny the boy, even though he's a failure, extremely important. So just yeah. by that, by that one like interaction that Toe Cutter has with Bubba, I know that Johnny the boy is very important to Toe Cutter. I don't care what happened in the past. I don't need to know. It's it's yeah. fine. It, they 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 get it done with just like that one scene. Yeah. Dean, the the names so far in this movie are just like fantastic, right? Yeah. It's I find it so easy to follow along with a movie 
when people's names are like this, like you've got Johnny the Boy, you got Max, yeah. Toe Cutter, Goose. Like it's just it's really easy to follow along and just to kind of you know get in get involved with these characters when the, the oh yeah the you're never gonna get confused easy. about who is who when yeah. you when you got Johnny the Boy and Toe Cutter you're never gonna be like who's that who's that Toe Cutter guy right. again? yeah which one was Toe Cutter which guy's Toe Cutter yeah oh yeah that guy that just grabs people's faces when he's talking to them yeah <laughs> that guy that guy face massager face massager yeah face massager actually that reminds me um just there there's a really great line with that uh when it's before he grabs that guy's face but there's a really great line which shows me that like the writing is just so solid and i can understand the year of work that was put into it but when the gang goes up to that guy at the train station they're like we're here to pick up our friend and he's like there's nobody coming in on that train just a coffin and they're like that's our friend it's just like a really cool way of, of saying that. I really like that part. Yeah, that was a neat scene. We um, we glossed over that. But yeah, the, the gang basically comes to get Knight Rider, to get his body. Yeah. And uh, all that's left is the coffin. Uh, I mean, since we're there, another really good thing that I liked in that scene is Toe Cutter, where like the guy who helps them, um, Toe Cutter's being a real fucking weirdo, you know? And yeah. the guy's like... Uh, uh, again, uh, Toe Cutter is massaging this guy's face at this point, yeah. and he says, "Like, take your hat off." And the guy takes his hat off and says something to the effect of, "Anything you want." And Toe Cutter's yeah. like, "Yes, that's a great answer. Anything I want." <laughs> right. And then he's like, "Boys, get him out of here!" And the guys go to grab him aggressively, um, which makes me think they're going to go kill him. But then yeah. Toe Cutter is like, he whistles or something and they stop. And then they're just gentle with him. Like, I think yeah. this guy's response actually saved his life there. Uh, just saying like anything yeah. you want, man, like I will do anything you want. It's all you like giving him the respect. Yeah. I felt like that saved his life in that moment. Totally. Tim, great point there. I never really thought about that. That is great. And just another layer to Toe Cutter. So yeah. one, number one, I apologize for backing us up to there. But number two, thank you for that. I needed that. It's okay. We got a, we, we dug a little pile of gold out of there, a little nugget. A little bit. Yeah, I, I really like that. I really like those small things for each of these characters, because that's kind of what you got to do in this movie is pick out those small things because they're in there intentionally and they're easy to miss. Yes. And, and look, if we were going to talk about every scene in this movie, we'd be here for five hours and I don't Tim, think I'm going to try. I don't think I will not let you. I don't think any of the listeners <laughs> want to hear a five hour podcast on this. So I kind of got it. My job is to rush us through, you know, make make yeah. sure we're kind of hitting on the, you know, the one and a half hour mark on these movies. And sometimes, Dean, I got to rush you a little bit and I apologize, but it's for the greater good of the universe. You know what, Tim? I just took a look at the running time expecting to see 20 minutes and I see 50. So you know what? Um, you can just, yeah, you can move us along. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I'm, I am sorry, I sir. I took a peek at that about 25 minutes ago and knew we were in trouble. Okay. So okay. <laughs> 25 minutes ago, you probably noticed me starting to rush things along. But... I'm like, Tim, stop glossing over scenes. We're like yeah. 20 minutes into this podcast, man. We got lots of time. Stretch it out. Yeah. We need to stretch it out. Make it longer. That's right. You're like, uh, hey, I w- I, now I want to touch on minute two of the um, uh <laughs> behind the scenes documentary yes yes <laughs> i have 17 pages of notes on the behind the scenes documentary and i will get to every single point uh just i'll interrupt you tim along the way tim you know i don't bring notes dude to this. it's if all you, fun if you have if you have me as a guest i might bring notes we're doing this for host i don't bring notes we're doing this for fun who cares right yeah man yeah who cares this one is going exceptionally long though <laughs> but guess what it's my job to make sure we kind of come in at that 130 so let's see how For good sure. of a job i can do here 
Yeah. Let's see it. Okay. You're in control here. You are driving the interceptor right now. Okay. So we're at the final scene of the movie now, Dean. <laughs> Wait, how did we get here? <laughs> it's time for what if? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's do it. Uh, okay. Um, Dean. So the police have Johnny the boy. And they have to let him go. And I thought this was really interesting because it seems like in this world, yeah. uh, if you want to have like a case against someone or you want to prosecute someone, you have to have somebody standing up against them. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like it's probably same in our world. Like if you want to prosecute someone, there has to be someone who's prosecuting. But uh, in this in this world here, nobody wanted to prosecute against him because I guess they realize who he's rolling with. And he gets let free because nobody yeah. is going to say like he did this to me or we want this guy in trouble. Yeah, I'm, I'm really gra- glad you brought this up, Tim, because although I like every minute in this movie and think it's important to talk about, um, this is definitely one of them because it sets up it sets up that world where they quickly mention again that nobody's shown up, not even the person like not even the, victims. the couple. Yeah, the victims didn't. Yeah, even not show even up. the victims, not even any of the bikers. Nobody has shown up to say anything. So you can't. It's like they do have some sort of court system, but you need somebody. You need someone to like second the motion. You need someone to show up and be like, "Yeah, that guy's a piece of shit," and then they like throw him in jail. But nobody showed up. Yep. Not even the guy who who was running away and his bum his bum was red. <laughs> he was bottomless his, and his, his bum was his red. His bum was red, a little bit red. No I don't. Bum. I can't imagine what happened to make his bum red. But it uh, was some sort, some sort of smacks. Oh, um, I know what it was. It was a sunburn. Oh, that's true. It actually was really sunny. Yeah, the Australian it was a, sun. It was a million degrees out there. I think, like it is in the in the studio right now. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I can see your droplets of sweat on your nose. Actually, can you? Yeah, I, I can. I have um, a can of beer here that's created a giant puddle on my desk just from condensation, <laughs> like a giant puddle. Wow, hmm, it's it's real hot. I know. I'm a little jealous. It might be the worst ever. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't want to. I don't want to make you feel bad that you're not here for this. But I know. I I feel a little bad. Your mic melted. My mic. The amazing. mic melted. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. My notes are are melting as well. <laughs> Actually, you held up a piece of paper earlier, and it had just water. On oh, yeah, it. that was. I don't know what the water was from. from the... Either your your nose or maybe your beer, but <laughs> just it was the air. soaking. Your page was soaking. It's in the air. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dean. You know who's not happy that Johnny the boy is getting the free walk here? Is oh, Goose. Is Goose. He attacks Johnny the boy before they let him go. Gives him the fisticuffs. Now, uh, we shortly after that cut to Goose. And uh, you know what? You know what, Dean? He's having a really nice time at a bar. You know, he's listening yep. to some music. He's having some he drinks. Is. He's happy with things. Um but we see making eyes at the singer. Oh yeah, and she was making eyes at at him. Like the totally. song she was singing was like about him and how like in love she is oh, with totally. people just like him. It was really yeah, really solid good. connection right there. Yeah, uh, I think he stayed overnight at her place. Uh, possibly, I, I believe he did, Tim. And then, uh, although Dean, somebody was messing with his bike when he was inside. Mm-hmm. And the next day, when Goose goes for a rip, a long and fast one, and like when I say that, holy shit. We watched him cruising for a long time, like, yeah. and he was going real fast. Like, and he's he's fucking going real fast on that bike. I'm gonna. This is where I'm gonna touch in and say because this is what I watched behind the scenes. Um, he's on that bike driving it. Well, maybe not Goose, but like the stunt guy is on the bike driving it, ducking down, and the cinematographer is on the back of the bike with the camera filming. Awesome. 
and the speedometer is in the shot and that camera guy says oh we looked back at the footage after and it's going like over 100 miles an hour over 120 miles an hour and they didn't even know like the the guy was just driving and they were just filming and then they saw the speedometer after and were like whoa that was fast you can't do that now no one can get that shot now no it looked like they were going really really fast that was incredible yeah that's awesome nice nice point um now, like clearly, we're just waiting for something to go wrong with his bike, right? But, oh, for but sure, they, we saw someone tampering. But with they it. don't let it happen. Like they just keep they keep us driving with him for so long. The suspense is just killing me. That's actually interesting. Yeah, I almost forgot. Like, and not forgot, but during that time where he's riding, I'm like, did they mess with something else? Did they mess with like a different car or a different bike? Like, what's going on? Because it's such a long ride. But uh, finally, his tire does seize off his back tire. And he takes this huge spill, dude. Oh, and you know, goodness. you know, a stuntman took that, hundred percent took that oh, spill. That is an amazing stunt. This, oh, the stunts was, in this uh, movie, man. The stunts are great. I was uh, one of the best. I was expecting this. I was expecting Goose to die here, like hundred yeah. percent. I thought that was was going to happen, but he kind of just gets up and like dusts himself <laughs> off. Um, his his bike is all messed up though, and uh, some generous soul comes to help him out. And Jimmy the Goose, this motherfucker, steals this guy's truck. They load up his bike in the back, and then he steals a truck from the guy. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of shady. What's up? What's up, Goose? Shady. What are you doing, Goose? Loads his bike in the back and just takes the truck. I mean, he's a he's a policeman. Why? Well, yeah, I guess he can do whatever he wants, but... Yeah. Um, he's got the bronze badge. He can do whatever he wants with that. Right. So I guess, uh, I, Dean, I guess Johnny the boy thought, thought that that was going to kill Goose as well. So he yeah. wants to try again, and this time he succeeds. And Johnny, Johnny, the boy's got a, like a fucking great toss here yeah. from up on that hill. He throws like some big, I don't know what it was, some rock or some car park like or tire, something. Like a tire, like a yeah. spare tire or something. Yeah. Right through the window. It was and a it bullseye. Good. It was a bullseye. Yeah, yeah. It was a bullseye. Oh, it looked good. Yeah. It was a good shot. But yeah, it goes through, yeah. uh, through the window of this truck and uh, the truck rolls uh, a bunch of times. It's upside down. Goose is stuck upside down. There's gasoline dripping out and toe cutter and Johnny, the boy walk over. And Toe Cutter wants Johnny to light the car on fire, burn mm, him, yeah, yeah. burn his ass. Yeah. Uh, toe Cutter, he's got flies landing on his face and he's not even moving. Did you <laughs> amazing. notice that? What the fuck is it's this? So what is this? Amazing. It's so amazing. I just get the feeling like he smells so bad, like trash. I know. That flies know. are landing on him. Like now, now if you watch a movie, like that fly is like CG landing on his face, like but it looks real. Or it's but like that, break, cut, cut. We need to take yeah. it again. A fly Put landed a fly on your on face. Him or no, yeah, it landed on your face by accident. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't flinch. There's a fly no. walking on his face while he does this scene. I think he was what the fuck. This guy's amazing. He was into it. Um. Yeah, Johnny doesn't want to doesn't want to light the match though. He doesn't want to kill the guy. It's true. Um, Very interesting that Johnny doesn't want to go that far. Like he's been wild up till now, but he doesn't want to do the match. He doesn't want to light that guy on fire. Doesn't want to kill the guy. Um, Yeah. There's a bit of a struggle with the match, and it ends up falling to the ground. Yeah. Lighting some grass on fire, which eventually lights the car on fire, anyways. And uh, uh, the Dean, the goose is cooked. The goose. Oh, nice one, Tim. (laughs) The goose is cooked. Someone should have said that in this movie. (laughs) Not that type of movie, Dean. 
Oh, sorry. And, and like this truck, like we've talked about the stunts a couple times, but this truck just like flipping and rolling over and over and over again, like with the budget they have, they don't have a lot of money to just wreck a bunch of cars. Right. So this is like take one on wrecking this truck. Oh, 100%. That, they can't, no, I, they can't, they don't, can't afford another truck. I know, I know. So they just wreck this thing and it looks so amazing. Like though you, you can't afford that it like to make it go too slow and not look visceral enough. So it's like, yep, we're going a hundred miles an hour and then we're going to wreck this truck. Yep, I get that, man. I get with the budget and all that. You don't have yeah. you don't have multiple shots, especially when you're shutting no. down highways without telling anybody and getting totally. permits. It's just yeah. like you got one take at this. It's got to yeah. be right, and you kind of work with what you what you get. So very cool. Yeah. George Miller wrecked one of his own cars in this movie. Oh, did he? Yeah, the what, the van early on that they just oh, yeah? run right through. Yeah, that's that blue his van. van. Oh, that was yeah, cool. That, yeah, the blue van. That's his van. That was right at the beginning. That was nice. Yeah. So Dean Max goes to see the charred duck in the hospital. And it's actually a pretty intense scene. Um, Max is now having, he's back at home and he's having nightmares now. Did you say the charred duck? I did. (laughs) Uh, Max, Dean, stop laughing. It's not funny. Max is really broken up about what happened, right? He's like, it's his partner. His partner's been like fried. He got fried, right? His whole body was like, he was bad. Uh, I mean, he's basically gone. Goose is basically dead. Like there's nothing oh, left sure, of him. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's no. a different, he's a shell of what he used to be. Um, and Max has finally uh, had enough Dean and he goes to a superior's house and quits. And he basically tells a superior here. He's like, if I have any more time on the road that I'm going to turn into one of them. Like, I, just, yeah, I can't, cool. I can't do it anymore. Like I'm like, it's just m- yeah. more appealing to his humanity here. And like his family side of things, like he doesn't want to do it. It's not, it's not what he wants out of his life, right? He wants to be with his wife and his kid. So yeah, he he says like when he hits that pavement, he likes it too much. Like he likes being on that road. He likes the control. He likes the speed, and he, he's going to become one of them. Yeah, I like. Ha- also, he also he's going to resign to a a shirtless boss. Yeah, yeah. I've never resigned to a shirtless boss before. Well, I mean, if you go to your boss's house, you know expect that he might be shirtless. Hey, if you go to your boss's house and you go up to his attic and it's as hot as it is right now, you might see a shirtless boss. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Dean, I wanted to say, I love that everybody's houses have like way too many plants in them. For sure. It looks really cool. I think it makes a ton of sense because these people's homes, that's like the only refuge they have in this world. And of course you'd make it look as nice and comforting uh, as you could. So um, we've seen a couple of houses now and they're just loaded with plants. And it's yeah. also a really nice uh, juxtaposition from like being out on the highway out in the desert. And then you get home and it's like green and kind of greenery and, and uh, like that's a good life point. It's, growing. It's like, and... Yeah. It's like that home. It's that home feeling again, like that safe feeling again, like you mentioned earlier, where like the road is everything's like, you know, just dying in plains and wasteland, but like at home, you're green and you're you're tending to your plants. You have something to like something that's living in your home. Yeah, it makes you feel like everything's okay there, and that's yeah. that's definitely like a theme that um, Miller has done on purpose here. These these two different uh, different sides of the the world that's going on here. So for sure, great point. So Max's superior says, "All right, hold on a second. Take two weeks off. Clear your head." And let me, let me know what you think. And Max is like, well, I'm not changing my mind. Like I'm, I'll take the two weeks, but I'm not changing my mind. So they go for a little road trip. Uh, the Max family, they pull into a service station to get a spare tire, uh, fixed. And Jesse wants to take the kid for ice cream. 
Right. And luckily for them, there's an ice cream shop a short drive away. So Max stays at the service station with the tire. Jesse and the son take off in the car to find the shop. And unfortunately, the shop, maybe five minutes away, takes them right past where Toe Cutter and the gang are hanging out. Shit. shit yeah, shit, shit, shit. 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 Uh, Tim. They see... Yes, Dean? Well, just before we get to that, I have the best fact. This is actually the best fact about that ice cream shop. Okay. The production designer stole signage from an actual ice cream shop so he could put it on that building and then they could like, so make it look like an ice cream shop. And then in the middle of the night that night, he returned it to the wow. original ice cream shop. Amazing. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry <laughs> on the documentary. He's like, I'm sorry to whoever's business that was. I had to steal it. We had no money. It's back. I'm sorry. Nice. Nice. Amazing. Okay. Continue. Okay. So, uh, toe cutter and his gang, they see Jesse and, uh, they start fucking with her, right? They, uh, yeah. they come up to her. They're messing around. She quickly puts the kid in the car and then she shoves her ice cream in Toe Cutter's face, knees him in the balls. She hops in the car, speeds off as fast as she can, and she races back to the service station. She uh, just is screaming at Max to get in the car. He gets in. They leave the spare tire behind and they just haul ass. Yeah. And um, we haven't really talked about it yet, but the soundtrack in this movie is excellent. It's uh, it's really accentuating all these different moods and feelings that you should be having in the different scenes. So. Um, yeah it is good because it's so different like the movie like there's so many different moods in the movie and there's so many different moods in the soundtrack it's so intense when you're on the road and it's so like you said that saxophone music it's so nice when you're like at home and you feel like mm. warm and safe yeah yeah it's really it's really good it's really fitting like it's really yeah i i could not picture this movie with with much of a different soundtrack uh as bizarre as it is, like this is, I know you like to listen to the soundtracks. This would be a difficult one to listen to because there's a lot of um, uncomfortable music in it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if for the movie, it really suits it well. Yeah, I didn't listen to this one. It's actually, that is an interesting point. It, it's hard to, it was hard for me to get into, um, unlike other movies. Um, probably because of that, there's so much range in it and some of the moments are uncomfortable as they should be. Yeah. So Max and the family keep heading north which is kind of their direction and destination they're heading towards a friend's house may and um unfortunately the service the guy at the service station uh had also gotten that info from max he said they were going north and then right. toe cutter goes to the service station and uh, the guy gives him the same info says yeah though those guys were going north right so yeah toe cutter stays on their ass um dude the north is fucking gorgeous it's nice i want to go to the north Yes. Uh, there's like lush forest. There's yes. beautiful ocean. I mean, come on. Tim, we are the north. We're in the north. I know, but we need to go further north. Apparently, oh, if further we go north. further okay, north, yeah. it all opens up to beach. But something to try one weekend, maybe just go north. Uh, Dean, this whole part at May's place was a lot of fun. Totally. Yeah. Uh, it gave me some really like weird, uh, weird feelings, but I loved them. Well, yeah, the, the suspense in the woods is really like a, a, a lot different of a feeling for this movie like that's kind of unique to this movie is the woods part nothing else in the movie gives you that and i thought it was really suspenseful and the camera work was really great in it yeah um to you know kind of trick you of how you should be feeling in, in each moment yeah it's very weird and bizarre it was very weird it's a little like horror movie-esque which is yeah which is interesting because like miller never really did a horror movie so it's interesting that i get that feeling i get like a 
you know, I get a camp feel. I get a Friday the 13th feeling almost like going through that woods. I got a bit of a cyborg feeling from it. Oh, cy- I don't know cyborg. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, Jesse, she has to go through the forest here to get to the ocean. Um, it looks like on her way there, there's something in the forest with her, but we don't really know what. She's suntanning for a bit. We uh, we hear screaming in the forest, and she kind of gets up to run and see what it is. Yeah. Then she's being chased by like dudes with helmets on and and weird yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And she finally comes out of the forest, and then Max grabs a gun and goes into the forest once she's safe. And it's like yeah. it's just it's chaos going on. Like I'm I'm feeling complete anxiety at all the stuff that's totally. happening. It's just I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, oh my goodness! Like they're just it's crazy. Like I just I feel. I feel so invested and so worried for their safety here. Yeah. And I, I think the key is that we see the um, the biker gang roll up early in the scene. So we know they're there and we know we're like, oh, great. Like, okay, um, you know, Jesse's going to get attacked soon and we just don't know when. And so when she goes into the water, you're like, no, don't go into the water. You're, they're going to get you. And then she takes a nap on the beach and you're like, no, don't nap on the beach. They're going to get you. And right. it just keeps building inside of you um, until like she's actually running through those woods at the end. And you're just at max. You're just at like your peak anxiety. Um I do want to throw it, uh, also uh, throw props to the dog in this scene, who just, uh, when she wakes up, just gets up and runs away off into the distance. I mean, how many shots did it take to get that dog to just wake up and just run off into the... He goes out a, out a shot. Well, for the budget, they had one take, probably. So. I know, it's yeah. amazing. Like, Good dog. It's such a, it's, it's such a great... Uh, it's another thing that builds the tension in me because he, I don't know if they meant to do it. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, they probably had one take at that. So mm. she's lying on the beach. The dog wakes up and runs away. So you're like, oh, somebody's there. Something's there. He just ran. He's gone. It was, <laughs> yeah, there's some screaming. I think the dog was yeah. responding oh, to the okay, screaming. Okay. Uh, but you're right about the shot. Like the dog, it's a close-up shot with her and the dog. Yeah. And you can see like a path and a hill in the distance. And the dog just gets up and runs all the way down the perfect path and up and over a hill. Yeah. So. There must have been Super effective. Um, must have been some milk bones over there. Maybe I know it's one of my favorite acting moments in the entire movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a dog. Like I love that shot. Yeah, um, I like also the anxiety that's that's starting to come from this movie is that we're learning pretty much that Max is just a normal dude. Like yeah. while this movie is about him, he's no type of superhero. He's not going to kill like. He's he's not going to go into that forest and kill all those dudes with helmets. If he go right. if he goes in there, he's going to get killed. He's just a normal guy. He's a police officer. He's a good one, but he's no greater than you know any one of these other guys. You know, like, yeah. he's just he's human. Yeah, and that's interesting because they set us up in the first scene as him being like the guy, right? Like so great and like one to be feared. But then as we moved along in the movie, it's he get he has more of those connecting moments mostly when you're at home where he's like oh yeah he's just a dude who like doesn't want to work anymore because it's dangerous and like and he doesn't want to get on the road because he likes it like he wants to just have time with his family spend time with his family who doesn't he, he's the best one on the force at the job they do right so they yeah. really want him but he, that For still sure. just makes him a person and a human right he, he, yeah. if you shoot him he's going to he's going to bleed he's going to die so uh, For sure. they don't allow you to feel in this movie like he's above anyone else or that he's he's possibly you know you you watch a movie like indiana jones you know indiana jones is never dying right he's a human but he's like this larger than life human who's nothing's going to happen to him you don't get that feeling in this movie you know like he's they just don't allow that it's really 
great. I, it's, That's it's very a breath true. of fresh yeah, air. Mac, yeah, Max could be in a like a car crash at any point in this movie, and it would not surprise me. He, there is, you're right. There is no feeling that he's just invincible, like you get with those characters. Yeah. Huh. Good one. Another good point, Tim. That I just didn't really think about. You were too busy watching that behind the scenes thing and not, I was, not focusing I was like, enough on the actual movie. I was like, okay, how many cases of beer did they pay that guy to crash his car? And whose car was that that they crashed? Uh, what other babies did they give these right. to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, hell. Uh, Jesse here, she realizes that no one's actually watching the, the kid. Uh, so she goes, she's, she's frantic and she goes to look for him. And finds that Toe Cutter and the gang have the kid. Mm, oh, shit. shit, man. That's bad. Shit. That's um, bad news. May, their friend May, who's like 90 years old, comes out with a shotgun to help, though. Of course. Yeah. May to the rescue. Hells yeah. Yeah. Way to go, May. This makes me realize, Dean, at this point, that we haven't actually seen the bad guys up to this point use a gun. Very true. They haven't used guns. Now, Toe Cutter said earlier on that he's scared of guns. And I thought mm. at that point he was just joking, but I think that's an actual right. thing. He doesn't like guns and they don't have guns. No, he never pulls out a gun. No one in the gang pulls out a gun. No. So um, I just thought that was really interesting. And that is, that is very interesting because they are very dangerous and very scary without having the weaponry. It's um interesting part of um like the, like the vision for this movie because um I did a bit of investigating and in in the 1970s the uh for the for the most part the Australian police force were only armed with batons so they didn't okay. they didn't actually have guns so the fact that Miller kind of conceives of this idea that all the police have firearms was right. ahead of the ahead of his time it was like a, 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 it was like a vision into the future a little bit because now of course all the police departments have guns and all sorts of high tech uh, weaponry but back at the time that this was coming out they didn't have that so this this would right. have been a it would have been weird for the audience to see the police with guns interesting okay that's cool and I'm gonna bring that back Tim to the opening shot where not only do they have guns but they're spying on people who have sex with their guns with their scope Dean with their scope on their gun. <laughs> Yes. It's like, not only does everyone have guns, all the police force, but also that's what they used to spy on people having sex. Right. Thanks for bringing it back there. Yeah, I know. I know you really appreciate that. I'm just picturing the, those those naked, uh, sexy people again, and, and I like it, Dean. I like it. <laughs> oh, Tim. I like it. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, was, who was that in the field? Was that, uh, was that the two that... We end up getting chased later, probably, right? I couldn't tell. Um, I couldn't tell either. It could have just but... been two randoms, but it could have been those two. I mean, yeah. on, a, on a movie with a budget like that, it was probably those two, right? The same actors yeah, and actor, right, actor right. and actress. Because um, we saw his butt, but it wasn't red at that point, so I couldn't distinguish it with the other red no, butt. No, he didn't get the sunburn of the butt quite yet. No, he didn't have the sunburn Until yet. Until a little bit later. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, he was yeah. running so fast away yeah. because he was going to get the aloe vera to, to right. rub on the sunburn. Yes, he, soothe the pain. Um, Dean, May, Jesse, and the kid are trying to escape Toe Cutter and his crew. Okay, they run and get in a car, and they take off, but the gang is in hot pursuit. And mm. of course, the car with Jesse and May and the kid breaks down. Shit. And Jesse and the kid start running down the road. May gets out with her big-ass shotgun, tries shooting at the gang, 
Um, it's cute. It's a cute attempt, but she doesn't. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't get any of them. The no. gang continues past, and Jesse and the kid get run over. Yeah, and just like another great shot to show us how they got run over without yep. showing us. Mm-hmm. Like we know they got run over, but we never saw it. We, what do we see? We see a shoe, and what else? We see a shoe and a ball. A shoe and a ball. Yeah. And the way the shoe just kind of stumbles and then the ball just rolls so far away, it's, again, just a, such a amazing shot to show us exactly what happens. We just stay on that ball rolling away, rolling away, rolling away, and we're like, yeah, they're dead. Yeah. And um, Max, he's uh, kind of quickly in pursuit behind. He catches, yeah. he catches up. Uh, but then, Dean, I love how far they make him run before he yep. gets to them. Like he yeah. he probably runs like half a mile or something as the camera is just following him running towards them. It's just it. Oh man, I felt so just gutted in that moment. You yeah. know, like he's he's done so much to try to save them, and he's just running towards them to see if they're okay. Yeah, and for me right now, like here on out for the rest of the movie, we're getting to like peak Gibson in this movie. Um, where there's a lot of physical stuff that he's doing and that run and that face he has while he's running. So perfect, so painful. And I think he just carries us on to the end of the movie. He's, he's quite, he's actually quite the like star in the making in this movie. Yeah. Well, hundred percent, hundred percent. You can tell, you can tell in like 10 years, he's going to be the number one guy. Definitely. So we're at the hospital, Dean. It looks like Jesse lost an arm and a leg. And the doctors are talking. Uh, she's still in rough condition, uh, but the kid is dead. Yeah, shit. I wanted to mention there's a lot of like hospital scenes and mm-hmm. um, like car accident scenes, and a lot of this has to do with George Miller's background, not only as a a, um, a doctor. So a lot of the stuff that he put in this movie, he actually saw as a doctor. Oh, crazy! And then also when he was younger, he lost three friends in separate occasions to car crashes so really so this was something that was like really um kind of you know deep in his his soul this whole like um interesting cars and um accidents and uh trauma and stuff like that so this might have been some sort of an outlet for him to kind of like uh let his soul scream or something like that Definitely, because while I can like I can see like, you know, Fast and the Furious movies is like make it really cool to drive a car really fast. This movie is like it is scary to drive a car really fast like that. Those crashes are intense. Yeah. And like when they're when the cars are crashing, they look like they don't even look like cars are going so fast. Like it looks like what could what could possibly happen inside that car? What are the people inside that car? What could they go through in that crash? I could definitely see him wanting to make them so violent like the crash is so violent that you know that the person inside that is like so injured yeah yeah so uh yeah basically max uh switches the dial to full-on rage mode now uh basically the only thing stopping him from going back to the road has been taken from him so now yeah the road has always got left he grabs some guns from his house and he jumps in the new police car we saw at the beginning yeah and Max goes to visit that serviceman who uh, told Toe Cutter which way they were going. And uh, Max is clearly no longer fucking around here. And why would you at this point? But he gets uh, some info that he was looking for and leaves. But before he does, he leaves two pictures for Toe Cutter at that service station. He leaves one picture of Jesse and his son and another of Goose. Yeah. And when Toe Cutter goes back, 
and finds those pictures, I feel like we see fear in Toe Cutter for the very first time. Uh, yes. That piece of shit. Yeah, I agree with that, Tim. That piece of shit is finally afraid. Um, oh, man. Fuck. Toe Cutter is so confident in every single moment of this movie except for maybe that moment and maybe this moment on he has a couple more moments where he's afraid you're right this is where it turns for him because actually this is where it turns for max like he is mad max now now he's become mad max you see which is another i think great um great point of having like gibson in this role is he's got this crazy behind his eyes that he can just kind of turn on and without really changing much you can tell in his like face and in his eyes that he's something has snapped in him. Yeah, I like where you're going. Um, for me, I don't think he's got there yet. For, oh, for, you don't think he's mad yet? He's not. For me, he's not mad yet. No. Okay. No, I think he's still just like processing things and like going with things, but he's not. He hasn't flipped yet. I think if like if he do you think he flips in this movie? Do you think he I flips do. at that end scene? Let's just okay. keep going. Okay, okay. let's keep yeah, going. Okay. So uh, the next scene is super cool. It's a really cool scene because um, the gang, they jump on this gasoline truck for the first time, right? Yes. Which is right. is really where this whole series goes to yes. after, after this movie. It's all about the gasoline. It's all about the water. But it was really yeah. cool that they had that one little part in here uh, about that. And it wasn't anything more than just them jumping on it and stealing a bit of gasoline. But um, I think it was a, a powerful piece that just kind of kept um, – the series going in that direction so that was neat but max is now hunting them with this this new fucking sick looking car he's got and dude i mean like it's a really beautiful car but he's running over bikers from the front he's chasing them down from behind he's smashing them yeah. everywhere and he continues to pursue and he sees a crashed bike kind of on the side of the road so he pulls over to investigate but it's actually a trap dean Oh, it's a fucking trap. It's a trap. The bad guys, they finally have a gun of their own. They've got a little handgun and they shoot Max. And where do they shoot him from, Dean? Do you know where they shoot him from? Where they shoot him from? Yeah. No. Oh, uh, they shoot him from all the way down the highway where they're out of sight to like the human's human's eye, like to the reach of the human eye. They're so, They're so far, far away. away. And they even set it up because Max gets to that bike and he looks around in all directions and sees nobody. There's nobody yeah. around. So we're expected to believe that from way down the highway with a little handgun, they make this beautiful shot and they shoot Max in the kneecap. So I mean, anyways, they're probably aiming for the head. Small Tim. beef, small beef. I'm going to give it a pass because everything else is so tight in this movie. But at yeah. that moment, I was like, well, that didn't really make sense. They could have just Tim. been hiding behind like, I don't know, a cactus or something. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, okay. They don't have to shoot him. From... But like they're trying they're probably trying to kill him. They're tra- probably trying to aim for him between his eyes. Dude, it doesn't matter. They they could yeah. shoot a hundred bullets from there and never hit him. It's, it's, it's yeah. too far. I, I get it. Too... I get it. I don't uh, even why, know if that gun why... could shoot that far. Yeah. Why I excuse it is Gibson's physical acting after he gets shot in the leg is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I can feel how much that hurt and I can feel how much he can't walk. Like he is hobbling on that leg and mm. it is so convincing. I, this is where it really, really sells it for me um, that he's like a great actor because not only was he like, you know, looking great earlier in the movie and, you know, just delivering his lines fine. He's getting the physical thing down as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah. He does get shot in the kneecap. 
And as he's on the ground, Dean, they come by on the motorcycle and they run over his arm as well. Oh, yeah, shit. Uh, But Max is still fighting back. He shoots another one of the gang, and there's only two left now. There's only Toe Cutter and Johnny the Boy, and they take off on their bikes. And Max stumbles to his car and attempts to intercept. Nice. Now, dude, this is where I feel like we finally meet Mad Max. Okay, okay. It, It wasn't... I think he needed the shot in the knee and the running over of the arm to really yeah. push him over the edge. This is where I see this look from him for the first time. It, it is a look of like no turning back. He is going to go to any length right. to kill Toe Cutter and Johnny the Boy. That's just for me. I'm not trying to like play down the moment when 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 it happened for you. Um, yeah. But this is this is the moment in the movie I looked in his eye which sounds like it happened for you a, f- a few scenes earlier, but this is when I looked yeah. and I was just like, he's cracked. He's cracked. Yeah. And, I can get behind that for sure. Um, it's beautiful here because this is the exact thing that he told his supervisor about that. He didn't want to keep doing his job because at some point he's going to become one of them. And for right. me, this is that point. This is that moment where he crossed over from being like a police and a, a and a, a man into one of them. He's one of them now. Right. He, he's gone. Yeah, Tim, that's that's a really good point. I actually like yours better because he cracks on the road. And that's like that's where he's been afraid to go back to because he might become one of them is on the road. And that's where it happens. Yeah, I'm with you. OK, cool. Um, so Max chases down Toe Cutter and uh, Toe Cutter ends up driving full steam into an oncoming semi and he's gone. Uh, Max then catches up with Johnny the boy and... Johnny, he only has so much time left, but Max actually gives him a chance. And if Johnny can cut through his own leg to free himself before um, this little fire trap that Max set up lights him on fire, he'll be able to live. Yeah, Uh, this is sadistic. It is sadistic. That's that's like that's that's why we're here, right? Like he, this isn't something Max would have done before. But this is his, he's crossed over. He's one of them. He's doing the same stuff that they do, right? He's got, I I love it. I love it though. Like I love the fact that they brought him to the breaking point, right? They brought, it's, he's called Mad Max for a reason, right? Right. He went into madness. They, they took, uh, they took a normal, like a somewhat normal person in this world and drove him mad. And it makes sense because of the things that he had to endure would probably drive a normal person mad. Like if you have to see your partner burnt like that, if you have to see your your wife like uh, get hit by a bike and lose an arm and a leg and your young son die, you'd probably crack mentally, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, I just, I like this point that it's happening and that they actually go through with it and he's he's mad. He's Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I like this ending in in a whole together because um, usually you set up like the big baddie as your final battle. So you in a regular like action movie, you're gonna take out Johnny the Boy first, and it's not gonna really mean much. And then you're gonna go to Toe Cutter and take him out, and it's gonna be a big long fight. Um, I like the way they set this up because although like Johnny the Boy gets the sadistic death because he's the one that like burnt his friend. So I like the parallel there that. Um, he become Mad Max kind of becomes one of them and does the burning thing as well. And I don't mind Toe Cutter dying before that because he kind of gets the best stunt death. 
like a semi ran over him and it looks incredible. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of the, my favorite stunts in the movie, right? Every time it, I see it, I mean, I've only seen it twice, but every, every time it like shocks me that that semi drives over him. Um, so it's actually kind of, kind of the biggest, like there's no other semi in this movie. It's the biggest death on the highway is toe cutter. So I don't really mind so much that it's toe cutter first and then Johnny, the boy second agreed. Yeah. It's, it's another like small aspect that makes this movie feel weird. Right. Where yeah, the, totally, the bad yeah. guy gets killed first, then his like weak crony gets it second. It's not it's a, not a normal formula, but that's yeah. what makes this so like fresh and just well, breathable. Yeah. Also, his weak crony who doesn't really want to do any of the murders right. is the one at the end who gets like the sadistic plot. So it's like it's just pushing Max like it's just showing you that much more of how Max has cracked. Like to this guy, he's going to do this sort of cut off your foot if you want to live. Maybe you'll make it. So uh, it basically ends um, with us speeding down the highway again with that camera at ground level. And uh, we're going so fast and it's so cool. And then the credits roll and we get like this most sweet music that you remember from the movie um, as times where he's been with his family. Like they really Mm -hmm. built those times up really well. And it just punches you right in the fucking stomach. Dean, I just wanted to say... For me, I think this is one of the best origin stories for a character that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild that it's this director's first movie and Mel Gibson's like first performance. Um, I agree. Like I, I like I, ha- I said, I haven't seen Road Warrior. I haven't seen um, Thunderdome. I, I hear the Road Warrior is like amazing um, and like probably better than this movie but to me like this movie is so solid such a solid origin story for this character and just like origin story for this director like just showing us the action that he can create on no budget um really makes sense you paralleling it to evil dead where like Raimi showed us what he could do on no budget and then came back and got a budget and you know just tried to do it again um it really makes sense to me even though i haven't seen the other movies uh yeah it's it's just incredible well, we'll do those other movies. Some of them, at Fuck least. Fuck yeah. Let's do it, yeah. Uh, Dean, I also wanted to say that this movie was, uh, initially after its release, was banned in New Zealand and Sweden. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was interesting. Too too violent? Probably too violent. I mean, yeah. it's, a, okay. it's a very violent... Um, it is. It's very violent. It's very real. It's not. Uh, it's not like fake violence. It's like real no. violence and real kind of gore. They don't go over the top yeah. with it or anything, but what they do show you, it's like the moments feel like really intense. For sure. There's even a part in the in the movie where they like destroy a car, and it feels like that car's a person. Yeah. Like they do. They destroy a car in the most like human and gross way. Like it feels like when they're when they like poke it and it starts like oil starts to spill out of it it feels like it's bleeding like it, it's really really strange but it, it's it is very violent just destroying a car with like a bat and an axe and a crowbar all right man anything else you wanted to say about that did we miss anything from your uh behind the scenes uh, viewing Nah, that's good okay uh well the, yeah pe- people can go people can go rent the the dvd and, no they can't uh, they can't it. dean they can't rent oh it. oh wait only that's you just can me, rent right it. 
<laughs> oh shit okay i'm sure it's out there somewhere people can go buy There's it. other things on, yeah it's it's great there they they say a lot of things on there that are just fantastic but uh yeah that, i got it all i got it all on the table cool okay then let's uh let's do what if Right, Dean, my what if for you is what if Toe Cutter's whole plan was to plunge Max into the realm of madness? What if he wanted to make Max like them? What if that's his that's his goal? He doesn't care about revenge. He, he cares about creating people like him. Uh, interesting. Now, I have to believe that Toe Cutter has plans. Uh, which I think he does. I think Toe Cutter's a, a lot smarter than maybe uh, the people he surrounds himself with. I could see Toe Cutter, I could really see him trying to crack Max. Um, unfortunately, he probably doesn't see getting run over by a semi as part of that plan. Um, but I could see him maybe wanting to do that. Maybe why that's why he shot him in the knee instead of shooting him in the head from 500 yards away. Um I don't know how he goes about getting his gang members, but maybe one of the ways is driving them to the brink of madness and then, um, you know, bringing them into the fold. I agree. He definitely did not see himself getting killed or probably (laughs) his team getting wiped out. But um, I don't know. It's uh, no, I Tim, I, I actually like in a movie that doesn't tell us very much, we can have a what if like this and it could totally fall into place. And it kind of does for me. Um, because of that, because because like his gang members are so they're so wild, like at one point, those people couldn't have been like that their entire lives. Like at one point, they had to be some sort of a normal person. And then he he made them that way. So I could see him being like, OK, Knight Rider's gone. I need to replace Knight Rider. Who took out Knight Rider? OK, this guy, this Max, let's figure out what we can do with him. Let's let's make him crazy. Turn him, get him back on the road. Um, I. I kind of really like it. Why wouldn't why wouldn't Toe Cutter want Max under his wing? Um, but he would have to break him. You know, he'd have to be in total control of him. Um, right. Which maybe he was in the steps to do, but then Max just cracked too far and ended up um, killing Toe Cutter in the end. I think it could really be something that happened in the movie. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. I, I like it, uh, especially because this is a type of movie that you can just have these conversations about. Yeah, that's uh, just something I. It was tough. Yeah, what do you th- what do you over. think? Do you think that this is something that actually like could have happened in this movie? Like with what's on screen, could you pull that out? Um, I think so. I think with what's on screen, you can. Yeah. I I don't. I think so too. I don't. Um, when I watch it, I don't watch it that way. I don't think that's what the case was. Um, but yeah. but the what if is all about just kind of like speculating on something different, right? Um, yeah. Uh, would would this be possible, or, or what if this was the case? And I think in the case of a what if, I think it definitely works. Like I think you could have arguments for the fact that yes, like you mentioned, um, one of his crew is killed. Let's replace that guy with uh, the guy who killed him, right? Like yeah. let, let's uh, um, how do how do you make your team stronger, right? If you lose a member, well, if he was taken out by someone else, that guy's stronger than your team member. So let's get that guy. Um, yeah, they got an opening. They got to re- replace him. That's right. Who yeah, better than the guy that took him out. Right, and maybe like you know, toe cutter. He see he does seem you know somewhat intelligent. Um, yeah, 
probably not intelligent enough to like hash out the whole plan of how to do it. So it makes sense that it might fall apart in front of him. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I definitely think it's, it's possible. Um, now it's not going to make the movie any stronger if they push it in that direction. Cause the the movie's not really, it doesn't have that feel to it where they're like sharing, um, people's like motivations and stuff like that. Other, other than Max, he's the only person to kind of get, um, a motivation from so i don't uh i don't like it for that reason but it's possible yeah i think i think it works for a what if uh in this movie yeah i would never want them to say that that i would never want a scene where toe no. cutters explaining that i think that would actually make it worse um but i like coming out of the movie like you and me didn't come out of the movie with that with that in mind but i, I like it as a what if because maybe someone did come out with that in mind and like you can have a good discussion about that because i i think it could it could have been possible. That could have happened. I think it's a plausible like, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like this whole gang, like the way they survive is just being like wild on the road, like taking risks on the road and being able to outrun anybody. So if your guy, your one of your guys got caught and killed, you got to replace him with someone that is able to go that fast and able to um, maneuver around whatever they can. You need the guy that caught him. You need the guy that ran him off the road to be part of your group. And the whole fact that Max does turn mad at the end, like he does basically turn into yeah. one of them. For like sure. It seems like if that was Toe Cutter's plan, it worked. He managed to make it work. He just got himself and everybody killed in the process. Right. But for sure. But yeah. what, what is, um you know, like what is uh, uh Toe Cutter's whole, whole like, ideology is just it seems like anarchy right he's just like it's anarchy for sure yeah. so he's creating more of that by creating you know mad max here you move on to the next movies max is he's definitely not just like he's not like toe cutter he's not like this this anarchist who's just out there yeah. killing everybody um he, yeah. he is like um the hero in these movies but at the same point you know he's he's been driven to um you know go to the lengths that he has to go to continue to live and and uh, survive in in, the, in that world that they've created yeah and i think if we're just looking at this movie we can't really look at those because it wasn't sure, like yeah it wasn't made to be like a trilogy and then you know eventually come back and do more movies right so i can see that it actually reminds me a lot of um the dark knight where there's a part where you know joker's doing all these things and then it comes to a moment where uh harvey dent has like a gun to his head and joker's like yeah pull it like pull the trigger this is exactly what i want it doesn't matter if i die i just need you the good guy to be the one that kills me right and so i get i get that vibe when you're explaining sort of toe cutter like maybe he is like like maybe it's just anarchy maybe it's like yeah let's turn their best guy if we turn their best guy then we've really crushed the system yeah and I mean, yeah, like I like your comment about you know don't look forward to the next two the next two movies because if this one let's say this one continued going on you probably do have Max out on the road um, as a vigilante like taking yeah. the law into his own hands um, for sure c- killing you know people who are breaking the law he's no longer yeah. with the police but he's just doing his own thing so for that reason you know toe cutter would have would have succeeded in in that um in what he was in that purpose and what he was trying to do there to turn max so yeah I, I mean i think in the in the idea that this movie is just a standalone movie and if it was to continue i think that i think that what if kind of fits yeah the and especially because max is like better than him at doing at doing this thing you know at, at being on the road so maybe he dies but even if he does 
he's turned this guy into a better him, a guy who's just going to go around, you know, you know, Max is going to kill people that he thinks deserves it. But I mean, that's he's going to go against the police system just like Toe Cutter was. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was fun, dude. That was fun. How hot are you right now? I feel better now. I don't know. Oh, you feel better? Okay, good. I feel better. Your like, shoulders are red that you're so hot. Um, That's very possible. Here's uh, <laughs> a page of my notes. Can you? Oh, my goodness. It's half of half the whole of page completely is soaked. soaked. Where did that come from? Where did that water come that's from? That's the beer condensation from a single oh can goodness. of beer has destroyed multiple pages destroyed the of my page. notes. Amazing. It's that's uh, amazing. I covered up my vents. It didn't get that hot in here. I don't think I I don't think I sweat like a bead on my nose. Oh no. But uh, this was something special. I loved it. I, you know what? I got so into fantastic. the I got so into the movie here that I forgot about the heat about uh fifteen minutes in, so Excellent. Uh, you forgot about the heat and you forgot about the time. We went over your one thirty. Well, I was just trying to keep it a little bit tight to one thirty, so I think we did pretty <laughs> good for how how uh backed up we got early on. But uh um, uh, yes. No worries. I don't I don't need to keep it right at one thirty. I just don't want to hit two thirty, so Yeah. I hear you. Uh that's uh I- I'm glad that our our buddy Corey talks about this movie as one of his favorites because that's the only reason I watched it and uh maybe one of the only reasons we're doing this episode right now. Well, I wanted to do the episode because I thought I remembered this movie. <laughs> right you wanted to do road warrior uh, yeah I wanted to, it turns out i wanted to do road warrior but i thought it was yeah. this one so but i'm so yeah. happy we did this it's just such a great movie and great uh, movie. I, I love it yeah and um uh hope everybody enjoys it and uh yeah dean thanks for joining this week thanks tim thanks for sweating through it yeah no problem we're gonna catch up with you again next week for some more fun you bet and thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Bugs. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.